Support our programming at patreon.com slash rebelforceradio. Become a patron, and your contributions can help unlock bonus shows from RFR, online hangouts with the Rebel Force Radio crew, and more. Say it loud and say it proud. Support Rebel Force Radio. Click on the Patreon banner at rebelforceradio.com or visit patreon.com slash rebelforceradio. Rebel Force Radio is brought to you in part by Little Debbie Snacks, bakers of all galactic goodness, like mini donuts, star crunch, cosmic cupcakes, cosmic brownies, nutty bars, and much more. Little Debbie, official snack of Rebel Force Radio and fans around the galaxy. From Tops comes the all-new digital card collecting app, Star Wars Card Trader. For the first time ever, collect and trade everything from legendary 1977 Star Wars cards to new cards featuring exclusive content from Star Wars Episode 7: The Force Awakens, all from the comfort of your mobile device. Star Wars Card Trader. These are the cards you're looking for. where the fun begins a long time ago in a galaxy far far away this is rebel force radio your source for the force star wars news and commentary with jason swank and jimmy mack i've seen star wars 500 times star wars number one this station is now the ultimate power in the universe i suggest we use it now it's time for rebel force radio we would be honored if you would join us Right, because uh, once, one time was just not enough. We are back here, and we're going to continue our look at the second or third, depending on how you're counting, trailer for Rogue One, the final trailer. We're being told, final full-length trailer, before the release of the film in just, well, as we record this here, we're looking at Rebel Force Radio for October 21st. 2016, less than two months away, the release of the first Star Wars story, Rogue One. And uh, as promised last week, we've got a ton of your comments, your reactions, your feedback for this trailer. Uh, This is really, you know, in some ways, this is incredibly momentous. Uh, not not to take anything away, of course, from The Force Awakens. I mean, that was, you know, a phenomenon that reached and spanned beyond uh, Star Wars. It was uh, it was a pop culture happening, an event, a worldwide event. But within the Star Wars uh, community, th- this is really, really a big deal because it's the first standalone. There's so much writing on this. And, um, you know, you guys have not been shy about your opinions, your opinions about our opinions, especially. Uh, but that's what makes the dialogue and the conversation show so much fun. And that's what we're here to do this week. As I said, Rebel Force Radio, October 21st, 2016. And here to help me do that, share his opinions and listen to yours. My good friend and yours from Chicago, Jimmy Mack. Hey, Jason. Hey, Star Wars fans. As promised... We are going to listen to your voicemail. We're going to dedicate this whole show to listener reaction to that amazing trailer. And uh, 
I'll be honest with you. I haven't just gone back and watched that trailer to death, Jason. As a matter of fact, the last time I did watch it was when we were doing our shot-by-shot analysis. For some reason, I I don't want to overdo it. <laughs> I don't mm. want to... Uh, to really commit all well, of that imagery to to my memory because I do want to walk into that theater feeling a little fresh. Now, hold on a second. I did see on email, I hope you don't mind my mentioning, you throwing out a screen capture. And I don't know if that was something that you noticed or is that something you, you picked up on uh, the, the web? Uh, yeah, it's making talking. the rounds. It is. Okay, see, I haven't seen that before, but it was really fascinating and uh, very curious and based on our little... Uh, email roundtable somewhat controversial so we'll leave names out of it but um you want to explain kind of what what you saw and um what people are speculating sure let me actually uh, pull up the photo right now but uh, what it is is a screen grab of um this is from the current trailer right no i i believe it's from the behind the scenes oh oh, the sizzle reel yeah and uh it, it you you see to the left of the photo uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, you see gin in the, you see gin here. I'm, I'm, okay. I pulled the, the, the okay. picture up All now right. so I can, I'm putting I'm him not, on the spot. He didn't know I was going to ask about this. I'm not just winging it, but you see a uh, gin in the foreground. Mm-hmm. They're on, uh, the planet Jetta. They're in that marketplace area. We've been seeing so much. And in the background, you see, it's very curious. You see a guy Wearing an orange jacket, brown <laughs> pants, with a yellow line going down the side. Uh-huh. It looks like it could be Walrus Man from the cantina. Panda Bada. We just call him Walrus Man. Uh, I, that's all I can. I, I, just, <laughs> I still have not gotten used to Panda Bada. Uh, is it, or is it Baba? Baba. Like Alibaba. Baba. I can't even You know, like Baba Fett. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Baba Fett. And standing next to him is a guy... Wearing a brown vest with a tan shirt, and it looks to be Dr. Evazan. Mm. He doesn't like you. Okay. Could we be seeing these guys just as a little Easter egg pop up in Rogue One? Now, you know, when, I, when, you, when you threw this out there and you sent it to the council, uh, there, was a, there was some mixed reaction. I, have to, I didn't share my reaction in email, but my, my initial reaction was one of excitement. Um, I have to admit, I mean, I have fanboy moments just like anybody else. And I go, oh, well, we have the death sentence on 12 systems. I'm like, well, this is one of the systems that he's got the death sentence on. Isn't that kind of funny to think about? And then there was another member of the council that jumped and said, you know, they can't continue to make the galaxy any smaller. So they're not going to stop until everybody has met each other already and everybody knows each other and there's all these connections. And it is a valid point. It, 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 there, it is a valid point. How far can they go uh, with that? And I, Jim, you remember episode one, there was some controversy about Anakin creating 3PO. Right. Uh, and uh, some of the connect, and that was a you know big connection right there, you know, bringing them all together. Um so is this uh, and, and that had more, a lot more significance. You needed the droids there. George had always said that the whole saga was told through the from the, the viewpoint of the droids. Um, so that needed to happen. But in this case, these Easter eggs, this is much less significant. At what point do they do they cross the line of just this being kind of fun and cute and a little nod to the fans? And what time does it become, you know, overtly fan service or um 
you know, cliche or wow, you know, I guess who are we going to see next, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really have a problem with it. Obviously we have to see how this is all executed in the final film. Looking at this screen grab, um, it looks like Dr. Evazon could be played by John C. Riley. <laughs> Forget uh, Dr. Evazon, bring on Dr. Steve Brühl. But, uh, you know, it's, um, it's cool. I'm cool with it. I'm cool with the smaller galaxy. I don't mind a cameo from some original trilogy Moss Eisley Cantina creatures. As a matter of fact, I'd like to see something that calls back to the original trilogy as far as the aliens go. All we've really seen so far are Mon Cal. We don't ever see Greedos anymore. How come there are no Rodians? You know, we thought that about Maz Kanata, right? In the, the, the castle. We thought we might see some denizens that were more reminiscent of, of, of the cantina. Um, right, like you said, you know, where are the Rodians? Where are the, uh, where are the hammerheads? I'm not saying just go completely uh, back to the past and totally rely on that playbook but you know sprinkle it in a little bit we you know put a little of that flavor that's been so prevalent in star wars since the beginning yeah you saw you know outside of empire strikes back where you you didn't really get many aliens in that film let's face it you really didn't you got yeah. some ugnaughts you got some bounty hunters maybe one jogging around cloud city here or there but you really didn't get the exotic creatures like you get them in episodes four six and all the prequels yeah well you know and when it came to Jabba's palace i mean uh, part of george's agenda there was to sort of uh, it was a make good on the cantina you know he gets to jedi and he realizes all the new tools in the toolbox and it's kind of a i don't want to say it's a remake of the cantina but i know that was on his mind Oh, yeah, because he felt like when he did the cantina originally in the original Star Wars is no matter how well he executed it, he still had problems with it because he had a small, smaller budget, obviously, and not enough time to really make it exactly what he wanted it to be. I mean, Christ, they were pulling masks off the shelves at Rick Baker's creature shop, just, you know, Stuff right off the shelves. It, it wasn't anything that was specifically designed in his right, vision. Right. Um, or now later, of course, there were reshoots. Reshoots. There, there were reshoots. Yeah. <laughs> there sure were. Could you imagine the Twitter flip out that would be happening if there? Yeah, there were reshoots. Um, back in uh, in in California, yeah. the original Moss Eisley Cantina was shot in London, and uh, you can actually see an unedited cut of that sequence um it's mm -hmm. uh really color faded but uh it's out there you probably find it on youtube yeah. but um you'll notice that a lot of the creatures there lack that exotic quality like a hammerhead which was famously put in during the reshoots you know they rebuilt that little alcove there in California and reshot stuff using some stuff from Rick Baker's creature shop, using some stuff that they developed themselves. But, uh, that's where you see things like, um, boy, their names are all escaping me. Those aliens. Here's the thing I'm dealing with right now, Jason. And it's old age. Of, I, well, maybe that's what it is. <laughs> I think I'm sliding into some sort of star Wars senility a little bit <laughs> because I think I finally reached the point where 
I've hit capacity <laughs> with Star Wars, and they keep throwing new stuff new on. Stuff, right. So with with the fact that more new stuff is coming in, that means other things are going out. Okay. Right. I, I'm I'm very serious about that. I mean, last week on the Clone Wars Declassified, we were saying Hobby was Wedge's gunner when yeah. it was clearly Jansen. Uh, Remember? Uh, yeah. Nice shot, Jansen. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. But Luke well, does Luke does uh, call for Hobby over the comm. At one point, and um, I'm, I'm, you know, I just, it, it's. Hobby's the wingman, Jansen's the gunner, and we're the idiots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. It happens, folks. It happens. People misspeak all the time. Okay, let's get right to it. We are first uh, voicemail. This is this is Matt uh, from Orlando reacting to the trailer. Hey, Jimmy and Jason, this is Matt and my son, Landon, from Orlando, Florida. And, of course, I absolutely loved the trailer and am beyond excited for this movie. But I know that uh, sometimes it's just uh, exciting to hear what the children have to say. And my 8-year-old son would like to tell you what he thinks about the trailer. So, Landon, go ahead. What, what do you guys think? What do you think about the trailer? I think it was awesome, and if you replayed a scene where it's on, where they're riding a speeder on a desert planet, that the rock is a Jedi, um, and I just think it's awesome. I can't wait. So you like that fallen tower that looks like a Jedi in the shape of a Jedi? Yes. What else do you like about it? I like all the explosions. Oh, Anderson, my three-year-old, says it looks like Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Landon said he liked the explosions. He liked the action in this movie? Yes. What is your favorite looking creature or or person? Space monkey. The space monkey? My name is Anderson. Yep, my name is Anderson. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, we're super excited for this movie. We can't wait to see it. We love Rebel Force Radio. We listen weekly, and we just look forward to hearing what you guys have to say about the trailer as well. Take care, guys. You know, the kids, you know, that's a really good point, is that they're not as saturated with Star Wars imagery and iconography as we are. So, you know, they see um, that, that, that mountain or that, that temple or whatever that structure is that obviously at one time was, you know, some sort of uh, Jedi monument. Uh, they see that in that familiar shape and they think, cool, Jedi. They don't think, you know, perhaps overused or where did that come from? They're not thinking of it necessarily with the same kind of, um, penchant for cynicism that some of us have. You know, they've got there. There's a lot more innocence uh, in the way they view this stuff, and um, so uh, you know, that's it's a good point, right? Well, number one, yeah, that's a great point. It, 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 they're looking at it, you know, f- without a filter and totally fresh, and uh, I'm down with that. I'm, I'm I'm fine with that. I think it's great, and I think that uh, Matt's a great dad for uh, sharing the wars with his kids. I really appreciate that, and uh, it was great to hear from Landon and uh, the the little brother too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So we definitely so wanted cool. to be heard. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, that's how it always is with the little brother, you know. Oh it's, yeah. It's as soon as one is doing it, then the other one wants to do it. It's just, uh, it's crazy. But as long as it's Star Wars, we say good parenting. So that's right. Yeah, you get an A plus. <laughs> Keep it up. All right. Definitely. So Adam in Richmond, he also has something to say about the uh, the statue. Hey, Jason and Jimmy, this is Adam from Richmond, Virginia. Uh, been a longtime fan of the show and looking forward to seeing you guys in Orlando in uh, April. Um, 
Uh, Rogue One trailer looks amazing. This new trailer has me super pumped for the movie. Uh, I love the look of Vader. I love how they have um, the red lenses in the helmet and the, you know, it basically looks like the Vader from A New Hope is back on the big screen. I think it looks awesome. I'm really curious to see what the big uh, Jedi statue is uh, in, in the one scene that shows the Ewing flying over the planet. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on that statue? Uh, do you think we'll get more information on the statue either in the movie or in hopefully some future books that come out? Love RFR. You guys rock. May the force be with you. Well, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, it could go either way. We, we might learn a little bit more. I don't know if we're going to learn something more specific about it. I, I, I kind of think about uh, Force Awakens. And how, you know, you saw these, they didn't explain what the downed ships were. You just, you knew. And if you didn't know, it didn't really matter. It was part of the environment. You saw it was clearly some sort of downed ship. But it took on a whole lot more meaning, of course, when you knew that that was an ADAT she was living in. Or that was a super Star Destroyer that was down. um, Or a Star Destroyer that was down. Um, Mm. So I think that um, it could go go either way. I, I, I... I don't really want them to over explain things. I don't want them to talk to us like we've never seen a Star Wars movie before. And do we have enough to go on already? Possibly because this is Jeddah. This is a planet that was very special uh, to the Jedi. We don't know exactly why. I don't think they have said, but uh, um, so the fact that there is some sort of monument or statue erected to the Jedi, uh, and then they've been, we think they've been rocking that look for a long time. It wasn't like Qui-Gon just came along and said, you know what we ought to do. (laughs) You yeah. know what separate us from everyone else so they don't confuse us with anything? Well, oh, no sure. Beards. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure, you know. It's loose-fitting. It breathes well. <laughs> no, you know, you, if we start sporting a beard, you don't get the long hair going, just like Woodstock, man. <laughs> I don't know, Jim. What do you think? You think what, do you, what did you make of that statue? I, I don't, like you said, Jason, I, I don't think that it needs explanation. The Jedi have been around for thousands of generations, and this is a step in the past. This is, we're looking at an ancient civilization that worshipped the Jedi. We've seen some new um, photos released recently uh, in trading card form, much like they did with The Force Awakens. And uh, these have been hitting over the weekend. Lucasfilm sent this out to various media outlets, uh, most notably Entertainment Weekly. And uh, it reveals Jedi pilgrims there. I I, I don't think they're actual Jedi themselves, but they have a really interesting look. We saw one of them briefly during the sizzle sizzle reel, just the mask itself. It's a yellowish mask that has sort of the uh, eye visor in there that's that's kind of reminiscent of uh, Boba Fett or... uh, Maybe even uh, there, there were other pilgrims, too, that Paul Bateman said reminded him of the uh, Imperial Royal Guard. Yeah. Uh, they're red and they, they have the similar visor um, on their uh, mask or whatever that is that they're wearing over their head. So, yeah, I think that we're going to learn that Jeddah is an ancient civilization that have been worshiping Jedi or the force or both. Um, perhaps it could be the birthplace of the Jedi. I don't think it's the home of the first Jedi temple that Luke was looking for in the force awakens. No, I don't think they uh, would mix that. No, 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 no. I, 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 I'm not saying that, but, um, 
I, I, I think it's an interesting concept for a planet. The, the name of the planet, Jeddah, I mean, you know, uh, we, we make the joke, well, what, is there a planet called Sitha? You know, how does this work? But uh, of course, I don't think so. I mean, obviously, uh, there could be a planet. I think in the old expanded universe, there was a Sith planet or a Sith system. You know, when you look at when you look at language and you think, you know, going back to, you know, even Latin, and I'm certainly not an expert here, but there are certain um, parts of words that stay the same. So you can have yeah. the same word in English as you can in German or Spanish or, or French um, as you do in English. I mean, that's, that's common. So for the, for, for that um, syllable, that Jed to be associated with Jedi across the galaxy, uh, there's some real world uh, validation for that kind of idea. I think there you go. So I, uh, again, I'm open-minded to it. I just, know that some people, uh, you know, they, they, they've said that. Um, the other thing that uh, our caller brought up, uh, what was his name, Jason? This was Adam. from Adam, Richmond. Adam. I'm sorry, Adam. Uh, by the way, we are looking forward to seeing you in Orlando, too, and we hope you have uh, purchased your tickets for the RFR Celebration Kickoff Bash. I'm glad you brought that up. Just a reminder here that the early bird special expires the first week of November which is coming up here in just a couple of weeks. So I think it's November 4th is the last day for the, uh, the discounted tickets. So make sure if, you're, if you know already that you're going and you want to go to the RFR party, the kickoff bash, do that now. We've got the links all over at uh, rebelforceradio.com. Good call, Jason. So Adam also mentioned Vader. And the shot we see of Vader uh, very aggressively approaching Admiral Krennic. Ooh, that stride. Right. That stride is so um, is is reproduced so well, I think, there. Yeah, well, it looks great. Looks mm-hmm. great. And uh, I, I'd like to see an aggressive Vader. I don't want to see a Vader just standing on the bridge. You know, I, I want to see him <laughs> aggressive and I want to see him force choke the snot out of this guy. <laughs> um, but he brings up the red lenses and this red lenses thing. It just keeps coming up over and over again. And I'm I've just been sort of struggling with the red lenses thing. And I have been, quite honestly, ever since 1977, because there was artwork featuring Vader with red lenses. And people think that they see the red lenses in A New Hope. But every time I've seen a Darth Vader helmet from the original trilogy era, and most notably from 1977, Star Wars... I have never noticed it to have red lenses. And something tells me that a lot of times it's the reflection of something in the room. The, the Vader who's approaching Krennic, it appears he does have one of the lenses definitely appears to be reddish. But if you look at Krennic, he, there's a reflection on the back of his head, on his hair. It's red. There's like a red light in the room. And that's probably that big red readout we're always seeing in these shots. So I don't, I'm not completely sold on the red lenses thing. And I'm still just puzzled by it. I would love to ask David Prowse if he recalls back when he shot Star Wars, if that helmet actually had red tinted lenses i don't think it did you know and uh, well, a I lot was, of times 
a lot. Let me finish Mm -hmm. my my rant, if you will. (laughs) But a lot of times when you see the red lenses on Vader, you'll say, well, in the cockpit, you can see. Well, I don't know. Sometimes I beg to differ with that because there's red lighting in the cockpit. Also on on the the Death Star, uh, you can see it, people say it's reddish, but I think you're actually seeing Dave Prouse's face <laughs> underneath, and it might appear to be reddish. And he's so hot under there; his face is so red. So I, you know what? I mean, it's not like I have a problem with the red lenses, uh-huh. but when I was younger, I used to see artwork like in Marvel yeah. Comics and stuff, and Vader would have the red lenses, and I was always really puzzled by it, and I thought it was just artistic license being taken. You know, there's something about the red lenses that does make them come off as a little more menacing or maybe adds a little bit of expression to the expressionless mask. But still, I am not completely sold on the fact that the original New Hope Vader had the red lenses. I know in, in universe, we see the red lenses as they pull down the helmet on Anakin's face at the end of Revenge of the Sith. And we see from Anakin's perspective, as it's being lowered onto his face, we see the red lenses, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's actually totally in-universe, totally acceptable. But my question is this, Jason. Mm -hmm. Is there a helmet in existence that was production used for the original Star Wars that has red lenses? And if there is, I'd like to see it. And I'd like to wear it and pretend I'm Darth Vader for a day. <laughs> okay, but- I, I I'm gonna go out. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you. I I think that there is there's enough uh, physical evidence in the archives and uh, and looking online uh, to look at the the helmet that was used in A New Hope to say yes, the lenses were red. My understanding is, and we you know someone we haven't talked to in a real long time would be Brian Weir who, who oh, yeah. actually sculpted the Vader helmet. We've had him on our podcasts in the past. He's got a great book called uh, In the Shadow of Vader that he put out about his career uh, in filmmaking. And he would be a good one to talk to. He was also, I believe, a consultant on the, or maybe even sculpted, the deformed, melted Vader helmet that we saw in The Force Awakens. So I know they brought Brian back for that. Um, There were a couple of things about the New Hope helmet that I thought were interesting. One is the fact that some of the the highlights were actually painted onto the helmet. The camera was not creating the the necessary highlights that they wanted, the look that they wanted. So rather than take any chances, they actually used gray paint or silver paint to create those highlights. So it would be be a much so so that there would be more definition in the mask as opposed to just kind of all being black and voidless. Um, or as a, as just a black void, um, going back to the red eyes, I do believe that those lenses were used to try to make it easier for Dave Prowse to see out of them. They, that the event now they eventually settled on a darker lens that he was, you know, uh, able to see through better. I don't think it was ever perfect, uh, for him. But um, I believe that there were attempts made, um, you know, playing around with the with the color of those lenses to make it easier. Um, There are times when people claim that they can actually see Dave Prowse behind the lens. Um, But at any rate, I do believe that that helmet in A New Hope was so different that one of the big licensees, it might have been Master Replicas, you know, did a tribute to the Vader helmet uh, from A New Hope, complete with all of the, uh, the, the painted on highlights and the red lenses. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to disagree. 
I think there's plenty of evidence to suggest to show that those lenses were red, but that was that was definitely changed for Empire. Um, I mean, the whole helmet sculpt is very. I think it's very very different. Uh, one of the things uh, I believe that we know is that there were PR Vader costumes that were made after, you know, in that period between A New Hope and Empire that they later used in filming Empire and in Jedi. And that's why you get some different belts. That's why you get some different colors on the, uh, the, the buttons and the controls on the chest plate and all of that. Some of that was uh, just, you know, they had the parts made for the, for the PR costumes. But I would love to get Brian on or, uh, you know, to talk about some of those differences. That would be a lot of fun. Because yeah. you know, it's coming up, you know, uh, with uh, Rogue One. I mean, the, the certainly, you know, some of the things too, like the way that the the tabards of the upper piece um, go into the belt is a little bit different than what you see Vader uh, later on. Oh yes, yes, I, I understand those obvious differences, yeah. but I still am. You're still not convinced. Oh God, no! Because eyes. I have I've yet to see a picture of the helmet itself with the lenses, not being worn by Dave Prowse, not a screen grab from the film, but the actual helmet itself, it's been on display in museums, at conventions. It's been on display. It's been on display at Lucasfilm. It's just, I've every picture I've ever seen of the helmet itself, not being worn by an actor or Bob Anderson or anyone like that. Every time I've seen it, it's just, I don't see red lenses. I'm sending you a link right now. So while we listen to the next voicemail, take a look at this link and tell me what you think. We're going to uh, Denver for more trailer reaction. Hey, Jason. Hey, Jimmy. RFR rules. I love you guys. I've been listening to you for a long time. Just got done watching the latest Rogue One trailer probably 10 times or so with a few different uh, uh, trailer reaction videos in there as well. Made sure my kids watched them uh, three or four times. Uh, as soon as I got home, the trailer was pretty cool. What I'm really amazed with uh, with this trailer is it. I think it this trailer more so than the other ones really shows a huge scope to to this movie. I mean the the opening shot with the the awesome like Saturn rings across the sky, uh, just marvelous. Um, I'm pretty sure that's the same shuttle that lands uh, soon thereafter. But I think the biggest takeaway I've got from this trailer is uh, Darth Vader walking into that room with the, the the smoke and everything, but he is walking with a massive purpose. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I know, I know, you know, I know the actors on set are all thinking, you know, this is, this is just a movie. That's not really Darth Vader, but, but that guy in that Darth Vader suit, man, he is walking with a major purpose right towards, uh, 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 oh, I'm having a brain fart. The, uh, the, if I was that actor and I saw Darth Vader running towards me like that with that purpose, I think in real life I might actually be a little nervous for real. But uh, I'm really <laughs> looking forward to the pants. movie. Darth Vader looks sweet. Uh, I just saw Darth Vader. <laughs> Keep doing a great job. Love you. Love you, show. You're awesome. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Love you, too. Yeah, obviously the stride. Uh, Jim was just weird. Uh, just brought it up. Um, there's something really uh, authentic about you know it, it's Vader. You know, we all kind of had that look and that reaction when um, when we started first started seeing some of the promotional shots. I think really one of the first things we saw was some of the merchandise and some of the photos that were being used for 
you know, uh, back to school gear and stuff. I think we saw some notebooks and folders and whatnot for Rogue One um, on some websites. And it was like, yeah, yeah, that's that's Vader. That is Vader. And, um, you know, I, I was never a huge critic of we've talked about it a lot on the show, but the, the Revenge of the Sith Vader, I was never a huge critic of it. Um, but I'm, I'm a lot more skeptical about it now after seeing what they're doing for Rogue One. That's that's for darn sure. And I believe me, I get that there's, you know, years of, of, of difference between the two and and what that would do. You know, how that suit would evolve in universe. I, I get all that. But, you know, let's be honest. It was uh, it was not the impressive Darth Vader that we're seeing now. So, Jim, did you have a chance to look at that link? Yeah, but un- unfortunately, Jason, this is a master replicas helmet and a ghost host helmet. I don't know. I've never heard of ghost host, but uh, these are not authentic. Uh, yeah, but these are based. On, but these are based on. Oh uh, yeah, there there could be artistic license being taken here, <laughs> and I, and and I'm still not even convinced that I'm seeing red lenses here. Oh my god! Oh my well, god! Not, and the, and the world's not. flat too, right? The world. <laughs> I'm not. Hey, jury's still out on this. I don't know. I don't know. But see, that's it's not screened use. So I, right. I have to I have to discount this little bit of evidence. And I will counter that with uh-huh. a, a link that I'm going to send you there, Skippy. OK, Mr. Mr. I got links to share. Well, uh-huh. I got I got a website called Star Wars Helmets dot com. That's going to make you poop your pants. So here we go. Wait a minute. I've just sent you the Star Wars Helmets dot com link. Oh, well, you're you're looking at the wrong page. <laughs> you're looking you're you're showing me. Uh, the comparisons of uh, Master Replica's helmets here, and uh, I'm original I'm, Darth Vader helmets. All I'm sending right. you the real deal now. Yeah, We're both going to the same website <laughs> to prove each other wrong. Look, look, look how bad that one shot is from this one, where the the dome is off center. Do you see that? Yeah, yeah, it's terrible. Well, yeah, uh, he, he was sleeping in it that night. <laughs> now I will. I, that's I, that's Vader's version of bedhead. Yeah, yeah, right. And he's got it even worse on the. <laughs> This fold-out pose. This is horrible. <laughs> this is great. It is bedhead. Um, now I'm gonna. I am going to. Um, I'm going to concede one thing, which is that there was so much uh, red being used in the environments of of the Death Star from the readouts, and then inside the the cockpit of the uh, of the Tie Fighters. I mean, because you can even see. When they're showing the TIE pilots, you can even see some red uh, reflection in their helmet. And uh, so that's not the smoking gun. The smoking gun is not what you see on screen. The only smoking gun that I think Jimmy Mack is willing to accept yes. is the, the actual helmet that was used on set. That's right. Um, so, yeah. Um, but, and I think sometimes it just with the lighting, it just plays tricks on you and, and you think it looks right. And I'm again, guys, I'm not hating on it. Who cares? Right. But it's still at, fun to talk about. It's, it's fun to talk about and, and try to get to the bottom of it, because I don't think I mean, this is you can file this one away with the color of Han Solo's parka in Empire Strikes Back. I mean, we've had that conversation, too. Right. Is it sure. is it brown? Is it blue? Uh, but. I think that, uh, again, it's, uh, it's the lighting that goes on and not necessarily the actual physical helmet itself. So I can't find any evidence of this thing having red lenses. And I think the people to ask would be David Prowse. Mm-hmm. 
And like you said, Brian Muir would be a good one, but he just sculpted it. He didn't actually, you know, put together the helmet. Um, that was done by, uh, boy, it was probably done by that company out in London that Lucasfilm keeps suing. Or did they, no, maybe John Molo did, or not John Molo, Brian Muir. Maybe Brian Muir did actually create the helmet as we see it. I don't think that the uh, well, the Ainsworth, what's his name, Ainsworth out in London? Yeah, no, he, he didn't. He did the Stormtroopers, and Stormtroopers, he, keeps, right. he keeps selling Stormtroopers and other like Imperial helmets and stuff. He sells those without the license to do so because he claims ownership of it because he's the guy who manufactured it back in 1975, 76, probably 76. And so Lucasfilm keeps suing this guy and he keeps selling the stuff. Hey, I'm not, I'm no lawyer. I'm not, I'm not going to cast any judgment here or anything like that. But, um, but uh, I, I don't believe he was actually responsible for the physical production of the vader helmet but i could be wrong on that one well there is a whole thread here i haven't had a chance to look at this but there's a whole thread called debunking the color of vader's lenses in the a new hope helmet <laughs> so this oh, is so- like the jfk conspiracy i mean this <laughs> there is a lot I, I mean you know for those of you that are going oh jimmy mack it's so obvious yeah, um, there, but there, look this is not something that his it's it seems has been necessarily uh, proven uh, one way or the other so uh until we talk to and and, and the other thing is what the, the people on record that you have um are really a lot of fans there's um there's of course the uh uh 81 who created the uh one of the the, the sort of the um the star well he created the star wars revisited uh saga and they talk about the you know the lenses and and he's he's on record saying you know the red lenses that were used were not used were not very well tinted it caused the viewer to be able to see the face behind the mask blah 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 but this is you know this is a guy who's you know going back and and redoing the uh uh the films and this is not somebody who was on the set this is not somebody who you know was uh Involved in the actual production, I don't know if our buddy Tom Spina, who is a not just an expert in the Cantina creatures, but has actually, you know, he was the guy on set that helped get Adam Driver into the Kylo Ren costume for the Saturday Night Live bit. Um, so Tom has held a lot of these masks and and costume pieces in his own hands. You know, maybe we drop Tom a line to see what what he knows about it, um, and maybe he can uh, shed some light. Some red light on this. So we're going to go to uh, Philly now. Here's some more trailer reaction. Hey, Jimmy, Jason. This is uh, Mike from South Philly. Uh, just checking in. It's been a while. Calling in about the reaction to the Rogue One trailer. Well, I, it's, I've been very excited uh, for the movie. I mean, you know, all of us have. Um, you know, just fans of this, this saga and everything. But I, I did feel a little less excited than I did for Episode Seven for a while only because of what episode was and what it represented on episode seven, coming back with the original uh, three and the, just being a sequel to Jedi and our first Star Wars movie since episode three. And it, it was hard to match that. And also in a short period of time, because it's only less, you know, 12 months, we're going to have another Star Wars movie. But this trailer today really put it over the top for me. And I, I don't know what it is. I, as much as I love The Force Awakens, the trailer I watched today feels more like the Star Wars movie that I always, like, imagined in my head but didn't think we'd ever see or just 
what would it be like if somebody played in George's world and he wasn't involved with direction? And I know J.J. obviously did that, but this movie, it just has that look of the original trilogy, and it has that luxury because it's connected to it more than Episode Seven or even the prequels. I mean, this is the closest we've ever been to the original trilogy. But it had that familiar look, but through a different lens, and uh, just a red lens. The, even yeah. the musical score, even though it wasn't John Williams, and and I liked that they gave us a little bit more of the story, um, and the the Vader Vader coming through uh, towards the end of the uh, trailer was by far my favorite part, and it just it was like wow, like I know we've seen glimpses of them, but it's like wow, this is really happening. So overall, uh, definitely thumbs up, very positive, very excited, can't wait till December. Uh, Looking forward to hearing your guys' thoughts on the trailer. May the force be with you. Mike is getting the OT feels. I like that. I like that. And, of course, everyone's freaking out about that Vader shot, you know. What did you think when you first saw that Vader shot? What, did you have a whoa moment? I That's did. A, I had the whoa. That was I, I had the whoa moment, too. But I, I'll tell you, um, my um, my feeling about the, the Vader, the evolution of the Vader suit Um I I think it has to do with the fact that you know the first Star Wars film I saw in the theater was Jedi, and Vader coming out of the Imperial shuttle in Jedi in that opening scene and that had a tremendous effect on me. He was the epitome of a villain. He um, I you know the steam all of that, and he just comes down meeting Jared with that signature stride looking enormous so to me as a six-year-old kid in the movie theater he looked huge and you go back and you see him making a you know kind of a a similar appearance through the the blast doors on the tanavi floor he doesn't look as big to me he doesn't look as broad as thick um clearly having everything the, the the suit so polished and shiny gives it a larger look but the voice is boomier, the, um, the, it's less tinny, uh, and the suit just looks huge. So for me, um, it goes beyond the red lenses. I look at that, and he looks to me more like the Vader from Empire and Jedi. Just saying, because we, we, we see a lot of shadow. We don't see a whole lot of detail. He just looks big, broad, and bad to know um, more so. I, he... I'm just going to say it. I don't think Vader looks as intimidating or as impressive in A New Hope as he does in Empire and Jedi. No. And because his character itself had evolved so much following the release of Star Wars, Vader became an icon. Okay. I think when George set out to make Star Wars, Vader was not the icon in his mind. Just the way the character developed, the way the execution happened. Along the way, it just Vader became bigger than life almost. And so then in his follow up appearances, it, it physically he reflected that the bigger than life Darth Vader because he just became known as this classic cinema villain. Well, I after think the release of Star Wars, it was it was something that was evolving as time went on. Vader was just a goon. At first, when you look at some yeah. of George's earlier drafts, and uh, he became much more important along the way. Also, keep in mind, Vader was not Luke Skywalker's father on any level during the production of A New Hope. Yeah. That all happened in, for the development of Empire Strikes Back. 
that all went on in George's mind. And, I, and I'm, hold, I'm holding, by the way, I just have to put a plug in for this, and I don't know if you can still pick it up, but when we started talking about Vader, I grabbed a copy of the great Ryder Wyndham and Pete Vilmer book, The Complete Vader. Okay. And um, looking furiously for some proof, some evidence. But I did happen to find, you know, this is along the lines of the Star Wars vault where they have these inserted, you know, little pieces. And I'm holding in my hand right now a, a replica of page 128 from George Lucas's handwritten uh, screenplay for uh, Empire Strikes Back. And again, this is page 128. Luke says, enough. He said, you killed him. Vader, I am your father. That's impossible. It's not true, etc. So I was just going to say, Jim, backing you up. It wasn't until George wrote page one twenty eight <laughs> in uh, the Empire Strikes Back. But it's 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 not anything that was even burning under the surface at that time. Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader, in George Lucas's mind, were two different people. It was because of the fact that all of a sudden, George created Star Wars, released Star Wars. Vader became a cultural icon. And you'll look back at how well all of his scenes were executed in that film. It left, left Lucas saying, oh, my God, I, we developed this amazing character. What are we going to do to enrich in this character? And so that's when Vader's role significantly expanded. And he went from being not just a villain, but the individual around which not only the original trilogy would surround, but the prequel trilogy as well. Well, at least the prequel trilogy reinforces Vader's role in the original trilogy. No question about that. And there's different ways of looking at it. Now, as far as Vader and Rogue One goes, um, you know, we're, we have our ear to the ground at all times here at Rebel Force Radio headquarters, and we hear things. We hear things in the rumor mill, and, and that's where we're coming from. You know, a lot of people think we're, uh, we're, we're making guesses, and a lot of times we are, but um, when it comes to the Rogue One reshoots, Things of that nature. Um, you know, again, as people like to do, they think we're yelling that the sky is falling. But in essence, I think the reshoots were a great. It's, it's going to really help this film a lot. These reshoots specifically in the role of Darth Vader. What we've been hearing is that his role has been significantly expanded from the original cut. It's believed he was in only one or two shots in that original cut. And now he's going to have a little bit more playtime on screen, let's say. And we're hearing this. Here's a good one for you. Up to $30 million was spent on the reshoots. $30 million. I mean, that's, that's a significant. budget for a lot of movies. That's, yeah, that, exactly. Exactly. And, and with those reshoots and re-edits that were overseen by Tony Gilroy with Gareth riding shotgun, we're hearing, gosh... 50 to 70 percent of the film has moved into a different direction from that original Gareth Edwards cut. And that's pretty significant, too, folks. So um, there are some saying that this film is really two different films grafted together. So let's see how well that's all being played off. Again, these are just rumors we've been hearing and stuff. I mean, I'm not just making this stuff up. I'm not pulling it out of thin air. This is coming from people who know people in the production. And, uh, you know, sometimes the, the game of telephone can play uh, funny tricks with you, especially when you're hearing things, you know, a, a friend of a friend says this. But, you know, I have no reason to discount that. And also, I'm not saying that it's any of this is bad news. I think this is great news. More Vader? Yes, please. Yeah. Uh, why not? You know, uh, more uh, 
chemistry with the uh, the actors and the characters in the film. Yeah, let's do that stuff. Let let's let's make it uh, a better film, and that's what the reshoots are all about. So, and a lot of people are saying, "Well, you know, Pablo says this, Kathleen Kennedy says that. You guys are just blowing this all out of proportion." Well, of course they're saying that because they're company men. They're going to say that, you know, they're going to put a spin on things as always. But it's their it's their job, guys. It's their it's job. Their job. But this isn't stuff that I'm pulling up on the internet and, either. And and let's let's be honest here, because I I want to I want to defend PR people because I am one of them. <laughs> it's not it's not the job of PR to mislead. It's not the job of PR to lie. And I'm not we're not claiming anyone's doing that. But Jimmy used the operative word. It's it's spin. It's a di- it's uh it's uh from a certain point of view. You know, P- Obi Wan Kenobi was the ultimate PR guy. He never really lied to Luke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he he um, he told Luke what he needed to know at the time to uh, further him on his mission. And, uh, you know, Luke wasn't ready to hear the news. That's the whole point. Luke wasn't ready. So um, maybe I, we're not ready. Maybe, to hear the news. maybe we can't handle the truth. You know it, you love it. From Tops comes the digital card collecting app, Star Wars Card Trader. Yes, collect and trade over 1,000 officially licensed Star Wars digital cards. All of your favorite characters, vehicles, and locations from the Star Wars universe are here, including replicas of those amazing and iconic original 1977 top Star Wars trading cards to futuristic all-new cards with exciting digital twists. And of course, you can find exclusive content from the all-time U.S. box office champ, Star Wars The Force Awakens. Download it today in the App Store or in Google Play. And of course, we're using the Star Wars Card Trader app here at Rebel Force Radio. You can always trade with us here 24-7, 365 days a year. Just search username Rebel Force Radio and do it all from the comfort of your mobile device. It's the Tops Star Wars Card Trader app. These are the cards you're looking for. The Jedi News app is available now for iOS and Android. From the Apple, Google Play, and Amazon app stores. All the latest breaking news, podcasts, videos, and social media posts from Team Jedi News. All in the palm of your hand. The Jedi News Network, gathering news from across the galaxy. Rancho Obi-Wan is home to the world's largest Star Wars memorabilia collection, as recognized by the Guinness Book of World Records. Become a member of Rancho Obi-Wan right now to get exclusive access to tours of Rancho Obi-Wan, hosted by Steve Sansweet, invites to special events, and more. Plus, you can also make a difference and help Rancho Obi-Wan grow with a simple donation of $1 or higher. Visit RanchoObiWan.org now to get the latest news, become a member, or make a donation. RanchoObiWan.org. Rebel Force Radio, what's up? Uh, Tyler Stiegel coming to you uh, from San Francisco. Uh, so, holy cow, that trailer just blew me away. I, I think the first thing I did when I woke up this morning was grabbed my phone and, and opened up YouTube and saw the trailer. And then the second thing I did this morning was sprint to my computer and watch it there. The first thing, though, that came to mind was the trailer music. I'm almost conditioned now to laugh because I can imagine Jimmy's 
dissatisfaction with the trailer music that is certainly not going to be the music in the film. Wow. Uh, the other thing I noticed was uh, Vader almost feels like the emperor of this film, which is, which is to say he is like the, the bad guy at the top of the food chain. We might see him a little bit do some cool, you know, real dark, you know, dark side Vader stuff. Uh, but he seems to be playing that uh, a different role than we would have seen him play uh, with Tarkin in the mix in, in the first Star Wars movie. Um, visuals, oh my God. Uh, if this movie, if it, if the story is not going to be great, which, hey, that could happen. We all hope it doesn't. The visuals are clearly going to be 100%. Uh, I was thinking like uh, James Bond, the uh, Skyfall type of amazing visuals. Um so another thing, you know, I know you guys are doing that fan theory thing, or maybe you will soon, but Saw Guerrera, I think he might be Darth Maul. You saw the robot legs. I'll, I'll let you guys connect the dots there. Um, hands down, though, the thing that got me most excited was that brief shot with the X-Wings in space. There was something that looked so real about them. Like, they looked like models, but even better than they did in Return of the Jedi, and there was just something about seeing an X-Wing actually in space fighting like that. Uh, I hope we get a really great space battle. Uh, I wasn't too thrilled with the, the, the finale uh, battle with the, the pseudo-trench on Starkiller base from Episode 7, so we'll see what they do with this one. But lastly, I'm looking for Episode 8, so I want to see how they can still use these Star Wars stories to build upon the, the new trilogy they're building. You know, I'm hoping maybe we'll see, uh, maybe we'll see someone who we later find out is Snoke. Uh, but that won't matter, uh, because <laughs> if you read the Facebook group, everyone knows Ezra Snoke. Well, thanks guys. That's the... uh, may the force be with you. Well, that's one of the big theories, of course, that Ezra is Snoke. There's so many Snoke theories. Everybody's got a Snoke theory, but, uh, I think it was on the last episode of, um, one of the last episodes of uh, Rebels Declassified where I said, you know, Snoke is Snoke, in my opinion. And that's what Andy Serkis has said, and that's what others have gone on record as, as to saying. And I don't know that we necessarily need uh, one of those connections, um, you know, but clearly this is a character that needs to have some kind of... Uh, there needs to be something about him that would that would give him the proximity to things happening within the star wars universe he knows a yeah. lot he, he knows, knows a lot a lot so you're left wondering who is this guy right. i mean that's it's the obvious question who is this guy but it doesn't necessarily mean who is masquerading as this guy yeah. it's just who is this guy right. and i think that's the biggest question when you're saying who is snoke it's not necessarily what character is this? Yeah, who was Snoke? The, yeah, yeah, who yeah. was Snoke? No, it's just who who is this guy? You know, if you read the book Life Debt, you you are kind of led in the direction that he's a former Imperial that was uh, he was actually taken under Palpatine's wing as a young man, and uh, his name's Gallius Rex, and Gallius Rex is uh, kind of got these odd connections to. Uh, Palpatine and Jakku and all of this stuff. Mm -hmm, so right. it, it could be we're being set up for his, uh, you know, his eventual origin story that, you know, has to be told at some point where we have to know the origin of Snoke because he just sort of popped up out of thin air. Who is this guy? So uh, the, the other things that um, 
our, our listener brought up was uh, the music for the trailer. Yeah. Now, I do believe I said last week that I, I liked the music because it came off as a little more symphonic. I just don't like the nostalgia piano. Everyone knows that. I, I'm done beating that horse. But I did get to hear the soundtrack to the trailer isolated. And I find that it's not as symphonic as I thought it was. It's more like the type of music you would hear associated with a Marvel movie, mm. a film put out by Marvel Comics. So, Jason, I sent you the link oh. to the uh, actual okay. uh, music isolated. I, th- I thought it would be a good yeah. idea to play that right now. You'll hear. It reminds me of a Marvel soundtrack. Now, you know, it it, it falls along with some of the cliches you hear in uh, film trailers these days. That sort of digital percussion that's going on there. To me, I I always joke and I say it sounds like a car door slamming because it doesn't resemble uh, really any sort of drums I'm familiar with, at least. But uh, and and I, I just there's at least something about that music. That's much more epic in nature. And it does, they don't really hit on any Star Wars themes in there, which makes it totally unique, in my opinion, for any Star Wars trailer. So 
I find you know that interesting that they don't lean on the oxygen at all, and they try to create their own oxygen for this thing. Again, it reminds me a lot of those Marvel movie trailers, and uh, it it paints a different picture. I don't know. I have to get David's analysis on this because I think at some parts in the middle there, I hear the melody skating around the Imperial March, but never going right into it. It's just sort of skating around it. So I, I got to ask David if, if he's noticing some of the, you know, similar uh, keys, phrases, now, uh, you but, know, But now, you, do you believe that this is music that we're going to hear in the film, or do you think this was composed for the trailer? Oh, God, I hope this is composed for the trailer, and we're not going to be getting this, because then we might start getting confused. Are we seeing a Star Wars film, or are we seeing a Marvel film? I believe that Michael G. Giacchino, or G, whatever his damn name is, I think that he is going to uh, bring some really interesting music. You know, at the beginning of this trailer, too, it, it, with the, the female soloist, kind of reminds me a little bit of The Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's I, I think in the first part there, maybe a little more Lord of Rings, second part, maybe a little more Marvel in no parts, Star Wars. So that could be just, you know, part of the marketing campaign to really let us know, hey, this is a different Star Wars film than what you're used to. But hey, here's Darth Vader. What do you think? <laughs> OK, I'm confused. Right. Where's Ray? All right. Let's see what's going on here in Grand Prairie, Texas. Hello, this is Nehemiah. And I have one thing to say about the new Star Wars World 1 trailer. Actually, two things. One, I'm glad that there is no piano. But two, I'm slightly disappointed that they decided to use a traditional trailer music track instead of making something in-house for Star Wars. Oh, he knows something. I looked up the song online, and it's definitely created from like one of those music trailer CDs. Oh, I'm assuming well. that's either sounding like it's supposed to be, how the Rogue One tracks will finally be, or perhaps they said this fits the tone of the movie, even if it doesn't sound expressively like Star Wars, it still gives you the correct emotion that we want for the final product. So I want to hear your thoughts about it. What do you think about the musical choice for this particular trailer? Oh, my God. Well, we just did. Um, Well, if he's right, though, (laughs) if he's right, he's done the research, and this exists as stock music. You know, here's the thing, folks. There are production houses in L.A. everywhere, and they create music that you can use for commercials or whatever. So you'll be watching a Home Depot commercial, and you might say, hey, I recognize that music from the highlight reel they showed during the NASCAR last weekend. You know, these these music beds can be applied for different ways. You know, I use them all the time in radio. We have to use licensed music for commercial ads. And so if your company or radio station has subscribed a lot of times they do this stuff via trade in radio where they say well we'll give you x amount of weekly radio commercials for your clients if you provide us with your vast library of production elements and music so we can use for our production so that that's how it all works so this is really disheartening news if this was just stock music pulled off a cd up on a shelf that you know we may be hearing during the nascar highlight reel sometime and go hey that's the music from rogue one <laughs> not not so fast skippy that's the music from the trailer and no i don't think that this music was chosen specifically because it's going to mimic the music we're going to hear in the film 
I, I, I strongly believe that it's just for the marketing purposes only. All right, back to New York. Brentwood. Hey, Sam, Jimmy back. It's Tony B calling from New York. Just watched the uh, new trailer for Star Wars Rogue One. Uh, very, very excited by it. I love the, uh, the inclusion of Darth Vader. Obviously, no part, you know, doesn't say anything. But, hey, listen, we see Vader. We see uh, Jin Erso's father, Galen. Uh, really exciting to see Saul Guerrero. He's a huge, huge part of my fandom of Star Wars, basically because of the Clone Wars. Uh, it would be really great to see him. Uh, maybe reference any Clone Wars, you know, maybe the fact that he dealt with the Jedi before, maybe he throws out Ahsoka's name, hint, hint, Ahsoka lives, maybe, maybe. Uh, so, overall, great trailer, really enjoyed it. Uh, December cannot come soon enough. So, uh, yeah, I think my favorite part of the trailer was probably just, you know, seeing Saw, seeing Galen, seeing the whole uh, Rogue Trail, you know, the whole gr- uh, group together. Uh, it was really cool for them to name drop the word Rogue One. Now we know where it comes from. So, uh, yeah, hey, Rogue One, going to be exciting, um, and uh, can't wait. So, this is Tony B. from New York. May the Force be with you, and your source for the Force, Rebel Force Radio. <laughs> All right, Tony, thanks, man. <laughs> thanks, Tony. He does his own liners. Yeah, I like that. Out. Yeah, right. That's sweet. And because of that, Tony, you're going to get the uh, little Debbie Galactic snack oh. pack. There we go. So, Tony, send us an email with your shipping address to show at Rebel Force Radio this week, and we'll be floating little Debbie out to you because we appreciate you uh, saying it loud, saying it proud about Star Wars and Rebel Force Radio, and uh, little Debbie shows their appreciation as well. We're giving away little Debbie Galactic snack packs each and every week here on Rebel Force Radio because, of course, little Debbie is the official snack of fans across the galaxy. Yeah, you know, it's funny that he brings up uh, Saw because, you know, Back when the information was really first starting to come out about the film, Saw seemed like he was he was the big star of right. the movie. And uh, even though you know there was a lot of hype surrounding Jin, it, it seemed as though she was sort of being I don't want to say she was being downplayed, but there were so many comparisons right away of to, to Jin and Ray, and then Saw you know not just being a very cool looking character and being played by such a a decorated and uh, actor. Um, as you know, and and then when you combine that with the entrance of Vader, and everybody is just now sort of being you know overshadowed, really literally and figuratively right. by the Dark Lord himself. You know, Krennic is a very impressive looking Imperial with the cape and everything, but no matter what, you know, nothing, everything just pales in comparison to uh, to Vader. But hey, our buddy Tony is still excited for Saw Gerrera. Yeah, I think that's interesting. He says a very important part of his uh, fandom. I saw really came late in the game in Star Wars uh, Clone Wars. He showed up in season five, which was really the last full season of the show. And um, they didn't really follow up with him too much. The, the, the trilogy he's in, it, was it a trilogy? I can't remember. But it was it was very effective. In, yeah, it was actually. Yeah, you know, he lost uh, his sister in one episode. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, so it's something I need to go back and, and revisit. But uh, we never saw him take any serious injury either. So um, I, I, it's going to be interesting maybe to learn a little bit about what Saw has been up to in the years between the Clone Wars and then uh, Rogue One. Um, he certainly seems to have aged a lot. I mean, 
mean, um, you know, um, much more than the 20 or 25 years that have passed. But what do I know? I mean, you know, again, we always come up with in-universe explanations for this, like with Kenobi. He was out in the desert all those years. So he aged and, you know, with Saw, he's, he's been through hell and back. You know, war is all he knows for sure. But I, I think that maybe, you know, it's interesting you bring up now that we're being exposed to more and more Darth Vader. What other character really matters to us at this point in yeah, time? Right. I mean, I, I, I know I'm, I'm not. You didn't exactly say that, but I, we get it. You know, I, obviously Vader takes our breath away, and, um, and, and I just wonder if, if indeed the role of Vader was expanded, did the role of Saw Guerrera shrink? You know, maybe maybe uh, Force Whitaker isn't getting as much screen time as as we think, or even he thought with uh, some of the changes that have been made to the film and editing and reshoots. I, I, you know, I, I'm walking into this movie not really wanting to get attached to anybody because I just, right now, I, I, I don't buy that really any of them will survive. Um, and, and certainly, you know, unless they have a, a Rogue One and a half planned, uh, this is going to be the last time we see these guys. Though they could potentially live on in animation. They could live on, obviously, we know there's going to be a lot of tie-in material from the comics and the in the in the literary world of Star Wars uh, but yeah I'm walking into this one you know with 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 Finn and Ray it was like I allowed myself to really open up to those characters and they're so darn likable from the beginning it was hard not to but I, I my fear is I'm going to go into this movie and you know fall in love with these characters and uh you know that's going to be it this is a one and done Excuse me if I may, but they all dead. <laughs> all right, Glendale. Hey, Jason. Hey, Jimmy. Um, Tyler. Uh, this is uh, Ricky Prado. Wait, 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 wait. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did I just hear that right? <laughs> hey, Jason. Hey, Jimmy. Tyler. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, moving. No, no, no. We'll, we'll, we'll hear what he has to say, even if he did recognize Tyler and put him on the same, you know, playing field as the two of us. Well, why not? You know, we've been in podcasting for ten years. Tyler's been in it for about ten months. Just kidding. Just kidding. Here we go. Times a day. Thought it was awesome. It's going to be a great movie. Uh, two things I took from it. First thing, um, I still can't believe that Lucasfilm and Disney haven't tried to clarify the timeline for general audiences. Uh, even today on the Star Wars official Facebook page where they posted the trailer, uh, some of the comments people were leaving were asking where Finn and Ray were and Kylo Ren and wondering why uh, Darth Vader wasn't in it if he's supposed to be dead. Um, I just thought it was kind of funny. Um, I mean, we all get it because we're hardcore fans, but uh, they might want to add maybe a tagline to the upcoming commercials for the TV spots or something like that, somewhere along the lines of before the Awakening, before the Jedi returned, before hope there was a rebellion, something like that. Um, that'd be kind of awesome, especially if they use my voice. That'd be great. Um, <laughs> second thing, this is the uh, first Star Wars movie with the flashbacks from the trailers. Um, from what they showed Jen as a as a little girl, I just thought that was uh, kind of interesting. Um, that business with Ray on Takadana that that doesn't count. Um, but anyways, guys, keep up the great work. I can't wait for this movie. Let's go stand in line right now. Uh, all right, keep up. Is Horsey with you? All right, we're uh, we share the excitement. That's for sure. Um, the, the, you know, it's the marketing of this. This is, I think, this is probably uh, a challenge that they know that they have. But I have a theory about this now. 
I, I okay. think that they have realized that the more they try to explain it, the more confusing it's going to be for people. Mm. And I think they feel like, you know what? Let people go see the movie. There will probably be enough visual clues in the plot and in the film itself that they will, you know, contextualize it there. But to try to contextualize it in the marketing is probably more trouble and more difficulty and will create more questions than it's worth. So they're smart people. Um, I've, I've realized that, you know, they, this is probably not something that they missed, even though I've been a critic of it. And I yeah. believe that they should, you know, promote Vader more. Um, but, you know, another thing, Jim, you know, you're, what we're hearing and the rumors about Vader's role being expanded, that could explain the marketing. Had the Vader, let, let's go with the theory, let's go with the idea that Vader, you know, his presence in the film is a lot larger than it was initially, back mm-hmm. when all the marketing plans were being made and presented and decided upon. So would it have felt like an empty promise to have had Vader be your icon for this film, and he only shows up at the very end to choke out whomever or whatever the case is? Um, but now, with, it, with, with looking potentially at an expanded role for Vader, it could, in hindsight, look like a misfire. Hmm. Misfire is a strong word to use. Um, I understand what you're saying about the confusion over its placement in the timeline, because this, of course, is, you know, notable since Disney has acquired Lucasfilm. Uh, Immediately, what did we notice with the marketing for The Force Awakens? They abandoned the Roman numeral episode titles for the marketing. You know, sure, they left it in the, the crawler, but they let it go when it came to here's episode seven because it just confuses things. It, it always has confused things <laughs> since, you know, a new hope was re-released in, uh, 1981. Or actually, I think it was empire strikes back was the first time we saw usage of the Roman numerals. So it came up as episode five and, uh, that had people scratching their heads. And then star Wars was re-released that summer or the following summer, and it had the episode four for the first time and the subtitle A New Hope. So, uh, boy, that had everyone confused as heck. So, I mean, it's obvious that the marketing machine doesn't want to latch on necessarily to where any of this lands in the timeline, and I, they're probably just assuming that, hey, they'll figure it out, right? Death Star, Darth Vader, you know, it, it all starts to add up. So um, it's interesting when... Uh, Major market uh, corporate marketing uh, treats uh, doesn't dump things down, you know, for a change. Right. I don't think they're dumbing it down. I think they're actually relying and respecting the history of Star Wars and the knowledge that even general fans have. All right, let's go. We got one more voicemail here. Who are we going to go with? Um, Eric from Phoenix. Eric, take it away. Hey, Jason. Hey, Jimmy. This is Eric from Phoenix, and I just got done um, watching the Rogue One, the new Rogue One trailer for, I don't know, maybe the 30th time of the day. I'm really impressed. Um, the cinematography, the look of the film, the scope, um, I'm just very impressed by what they've put together so far. Um, I'm really curious to see um, how this thing all plays out. I mean, obviously, the Rebels get the plans, but how the heck do they get it? Um, how does Darth Vader play into all this? I mean, the pretty cool scene of him from the smoke, coming through the smoke there. I um, also really liked, I think we kept the uh, back of Moff Tarkin's head there walking into the 
controlled room, so be curious to see how he plays into this. But just overall very impressed um, with the look and the feel of it. The other thing I noticed in the space battles, I think I saw some Y-wings. Um, maybe it was a planet shot, so be curious to see if that ties in at all um, to the Rebels episode they just had um, with the Y-wings. I know they said General Dodonna. Um, so just be curious to see if they tie things in that way at all or uh, any way, shape, or form. But uh, loved it. Uh, can't wait to see the movie, and appreciate all the work you guys do. May the Force be with you. Well, there we hear it once again. You know, what really do- has everybody talking is the appearance of Darth Vader in this. And, you know, this is um, going to – it's going to be hard. And, it, you know, I think for um, – us to accept if he does have a a smaller role than what we hope he has. Now, look, no one is suggesting here on this program that he's got the central lead baddie role like he has in the original trilogy films. Uh, we know that's not going to be true. Um, but is he more than a cameo? That's that's the question. And uh, I think, Jim, what we're hearing, you know, is that the initial plan was that he was going to be essentially a cameo or a glorified cameo maybe a cameo plus but um now we're getting the impression that you know his figure is going to loom larger over this film and perhaps you know something we need to consider is maybe these reshoots uh are not so much you know isn't so much footage of vader but maybe they talk about him more maybe they refer to him more so that you know in the sense of you know it's like take a batman film where the screen time of you know, the actor as Batman in the bat suit is, is quite less than what you um, you might assume, even having seen it. Uh, but bat, but it, it's, it's all about Batman. They're talking about the Batman. So mm-hmm. perhaps that's one way to expand the role without more suit time, right? Yeah. Oh, but I want more suit time. I'd, <laughs> I'd love to see, you know, I'd like to, a healthy serving of Vader in this film. I mean, who wouldn't? But, uh, you know, again, I... I don't want him, his character to go off into some crazy directions either. And I think that they'll keep all that under control. You want to maintain the mystery of Vader and the, uh, the presence, just the mere presence of Vader is pretty cool in my book. Um, definitely, uh, listening to what Eric from Phoenix had to say, uh, you know, getting more and more impressed by the look of the film. And I think, you know, with this trailer to me, this trailer felt the most Star Wars. And I think that that's what we're looking for as uh, we advance closer and closer to the uh, the opening day in December is, is develop a, a film that is a Star Wars film and not just based on a Star Wars premise and then filled in. Uh, all, you know, all the blank spots filled in with a bunch of violent and dark sequences that families will not be attracted to. Uh, my 13-year-old son told me he had those fears about Rogue One based on the footage he saw prior to the release of the trailer last week. So, you know, I'm not saying that all Star Wars films have to be Star Wars for 13-year-olds, but you have to maintain the essence of what Star Wars is all about. And, uh, you know, not just service up Saving Private Ryan with Stormtroopers. We need some of the real um, tone and rhythm of Star Wars as we know it to be present in this film. And I think that's exactly what we're going to get. I say thumbs up to the reshoots. I'm not waving any red flags. I'm not uh, sounding any alarms. I think that we have some seriously talented people working 
on a the next Star Wars film, and it's going to to rock, and it's going to remind us of the original trilogy, and it's going to remind us of all the things that we love about Star Wars while expanding the mythology to new characters, new situations, and. I, you know, I, I feel the anticipation ramping up with fandom on a whole just by, you know, b- barely dipping your toe into the Internet. You can tell people are really, really looking forward to this film. And I think, you know, just judging by the year we've had here in 2016, I think everyone is going to really be looking forward to letting their hair down with some Star Wars at the end of the year. That's going to wrap up our second look at the trailer through your eyes. Thank you all so much for your voicemails. A lot of thought going into this all across Star Wars fandom. And our audience, of course, no exception. Uh, If you'd like to play with us in between shows and uh, be a part of the program, you can do that. Show at rebelforceradio.com is the email address. Voicemail line 708-320-1737. That's 708-320-1RFR. And you can find us on Twitter at Rebel Force Radio, at Jimmy Mac Radio, at Jason Swank. And our oxygen host out there, David W. Collins, also on the Twitter. Facebook, we've got a couple of different ways you can interact with us there. We've got the official Facebook group, which is you got to apply. You got to request to be a member. And then maybe you'll be accepted. What do you think of that? And we also have, of course, the official Facebook page. So just search for Rebel Force Radio there in Facebook. You can um, subscribe and review all of our podcasts here at Rebel Force Radio through iTunes. It's a great place to do that. Love to have those subscriptions. Love to have those reviews. Just one rule, please. Make them good. The official website for Rebel Force Radio is just add the dot com. You guessed it, rebelforceradio.com. And you can find Rebel Force Radio streaming all across the internet at WGNplus.com. Spotify. We're on Spotify. A lot of people don't know that. We are on Spotify. We're also on Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, just about anywhere else you can find digital audio like podcasts. We're an official friend of our pals at Wikipedia, visit them for the ultimate online Star Wars encyclopedia. We use it here all the time. Wikipedia.com. You can also find us weekly at sites like JediNews.co.uk, Yodasnews.com, and that little site, StarWars.com. You know, the official website of Star Wars. Also, you can check us out streaming. This is appointment listening at 7 p.m. Eastern at srsounds.com. It's run by our pal Al John Go. Speaking of Go, it's time for us to go. We'll see you next time. For Rebel Force Radio, I'm Jason. I'm Jimmy Mack. And remember, the Force will be with you always.